Okay, so we're in the middle of Tari Yerbeis, and I'm just going to chaz over a little bit of what we've seen up until now, because it's important to get to, to, get to the next stage. The Rav Nachman's revealed to us, as he spoke about the concept of Tamim Samshitas, and that we'll leave for now, because we've discussed it at length the past two or three, two or three weeks. And uh, what he discussed after that is that every, it's important for us to know that every single thing in this world contains within it the opportunity for covered of Hashem. Now, obviously, when it comes to things which are what we've discussed called klipas naiga, things that are in between, that's obvious to us. That that's the general, you know, day to day of a person's life is to be able to reveal the rabbanim in everything that he goes through throughout the day, and that's really our avoda, our our opportunity in Masiya in this world. Is that yes? Obviously, when we're learning and davening, then those are places in which it's very very clear that this covet of Hashem over there. The whole point of davening and learning is obvious that this covet of Hashem. But nevertheless, even when a person goes out of the four walls of the base Medrash, the base Knesses, the person has to understand that the tachlis of doing that, the tachlis is, like the Medrash says, to make a dira, to make a dwelling place for the Rabbanish Shalom in this physical world. And therefore, the more we're involved in regular physical things, and again, we'll get to it in a, in a second, things that are us, but we're talking about things which are mutter, things which I'm allowed to be involved in. If I recognize that those are opportunities to be Megala, so then I use all of that. I recognize if Hashem created that, obviously everything that's created is called kol, everything Hashem created, He created it for His covet, and therefore everything is an opportunity to reveal the glory of Hashem by recognizing that the Rabbi Hashem is there. Machman is a beautiful Hashem where he writes in Torah Lamed Gimel. I'm just going to read a few lines from it just because a beautiful, beautiful Hashem. I've spoke this out other times before, but it's just, it's beautiful, uh, beautiful Lashem. It's Tzarech Ladas, he says, in Oiz Beis, in Tzarech Lamed Gimel. It's Tzarech Ladas, a person has to know, and as we mentioned before, Das doesn't just mean knowledge, it means integrated knowledge, and it's really, it's part of my being, it's part of my essence, not just that I know it intellectually, but it's part of every, every fiber of my being. A person needs to know and believe and understand and live with, that the world is filled with the covet of Hashem. Now, not all of that covet is apparent right away. Part of it, our goal is to reveal that covet, but the world is filled with the covet of Hashem. There is no place that's void of the Rabbanu Shalom and of his covet. He fills all the worlds, and he surrounds all the worlds. Now he says, Even somebody who's involved with business, with non-Jews. Now obviously if I'm involved in business with Jews, it's very easy how I could be Megala Kvechimayim over there. If I learn in the office, I make a mini mincha in the office. If I do talk, you know, talk honestly with other people, it's very obvious how I can be Megala Kvechimayim, even though it's business. It's not Torah and Tefillah, but it's still obvious. But Zakhtar Nachman, even Misha Isik, a guy's a construction foreman, and he's sitting there, and he's the only yid on the construction site, and he's just standing there watching the non Jewish workers there the whole day. So he's Masumatan Ba'akam. Lo Yochel is not so He can't excuse himself and say, I should serve Hashem amongst what's going on over here. I'm here with, with people that are maybe lower, maybe lower class people, people that are construction people, they're sitting here, they're working, and I'm supposed to be overseeing them. Okay, when I get back to the base Medrash, when I get back home, I'll be able to be Megalak Over here, with, the, with these people, I should be Megalak Nachman, nobody has the ability to ever excuse himself, whatever they're involved in, to say, I can't serve Hashem because it's so thick. There's so much gashmis over here that I'm not capable of fooling Hashem, of serving Hashem. I'm involved and, and, and I'm hearing the coarse language that they're using and the music that they're playing and, and the way that they're talking to each other and the screaming and the yelling and it's a construction site it's dirty. Over here I should be Magalak Nobody can excuse himself and say I cannot be Magalak the Chacham have already revealed to us in everything physical and in every language a person can find godliness 
As we mentioned, and again, we'll get back to this in a minute in the Torah, in Torah Yudbeis, without the Chiyas of Hashem, it is impossible for anything to be in existence. And therefore, if I find myself on that construction site, and I find myself as the only Yid, and maybe I'm in a, I'm in a state that there's no, other, there's, no, there's no other presence of Yid in there, from Yid in there, I'm the only person there, and I'm alone, and there's no minyan mincha, and there's no opportunity to put tefillin on another Yid, and there's no opportunity to be able to talk and say Dvar Torah to another Yid, and a person can never excuse himself and say, I can't serve the Obanishmer. It's too, it's too far, too far away. Yosef HaTzadik was in Mitzrayim. He was away from his father and his brothers for 22 years. There was no Jewish presence in Mitzrayim. There were no Yid in there. There was nobody to say Tvar Torah to. The only thing that was chasing after him were all the girls in Mitzrayim, like, like Harashi said in last week's parasha. There was nothing good. There was no opportunity for him to see the covenant of Hashem. Nevertheless, when Yosef HaTzadik comes to talk to Parai, he only talks about one, one thing. He only talks about Hashem. Megala Kvay He gets taken out of jail. Here's his opportunity, his, his golden opportunity to get free from jail, to be able to take all the, all the credit for himself that he can reveal and he can understand Parai's dreams. Zakti Yosef HaTzadik, I can't do anything. If Allah do with me, just me on my own, I can't do anything. Everything's a bunch of me. Yosef HaTzadik can be in the worst place as far away from covet of Hashem, revealed covet of Hashem as possible, Yosef HaTzadik still says, nevertheless, for Yosef Hayyub Mitzrayim, like Rashi says, Yosef HaTzadik still reveals the Rabban Hashem in every matzah, and every Yid needs to say that, I can't excuse myself, that if Yosef HaTzadik was able to do it in Mitzrayim, I can do it on a construction site, I can do it in the supermarket, I can do it when I'm driving down the streets, I can be Megala, Kfayt Shemaim and everything, and I can never excuse myself, like he says, to say that Machmas Avias Vagashmias, because it's so thick and it's so heavy, there's so much chumrius over there. There's so much physicality over there that I can't reveal Hashem. Everything has a nitzitzivilakus. Everything has a spark of God. That's the energy that keeps everything alive. And without it, nothing would be able to exist. And therefore, a person needs to say, regardless of what I'm involved in, I can do it. That you, Rabbanisham, Va'ata. You, Rabbanisham. Ata means referring to Rabbanisham in first person. Va'ata, you. You give chiyas to everything and everything only exists because you're breathing it into existence at every single second. Menachman says, obviously, it's clear to all of us that there's a difference between a base medrash and a construction site. Clearly, in one of them, the Rabbanu Shalom's covet is revealed and one of them, it's hidden under many, many layers, but it's still there. It could be hidden under many layers like the Baltani writes in Perak Hay that when a person's learning Torah, a person is connecting himself to Hashem, even if he doesn't see it very apparently. He's learning Allah and Chayish Mishpah, that two guys fighting in court. It doesn't, there's no Rabbanu Shalom that he's able to see clearly. This guy's saying this, this guy's saying this, and there's a fight and there's a battle taking place and he has to figure out which side's right. Zak the Baltanya. Nevertheless, when you're doing that, you're being mechabek the melech, you're hugging the king. And even if the king is wearing many, many layers of clothing, we still call it, you're hugging the king. And if I hug somebody who's wearing a coat, I'm still hugging the person. I, but the guy's wearing a shirt and an undershirt and sits and a coat and a sweater, I'm still hugging the person. There's just many, many, many layers. And therefore, Rabbi Nachman says as well, obviously, the Rabbanu is everywhere. Meloi chalaretz kvayde, les aser panemine, lemali kalam, sev kalam, the Rabbanu is everywhere in all of existence. However, in certain places, he's more hidden. In other places, he's more revealed. And therefore he says, And those places, all you're going to see is all that's going to be there is a tiny, tiny drop of elokos, of godliness, in order to keep that thing alive, to be able to keep it from ayin to yesh, that it can be able to exist, but no more than that. Hashem has metzamsim himself, he constricted himself, the Rav constricted himself in a way that the Rav is hiding himself behind many, many layers. The further down it goes, the more layers of clothing there are, so to speak. The more levushim there are, the more concealments there are, the more curtains there are in between 
a person and the alakos that's there, but it's the person needs to believe that it's there in every single place. And everything there is chiyas. Then he goes on to explain some a fascinating thing. It's not really our topic, but that's why the word Chazal the Gemara in Melachis when it's discussing Taitafos of Tefillin, the Gemara is discussing how we know that you have four parts in Tefillin. So Gemara Melachis says that the word Taitafos in Tefillin, which is the passage that we say every day in Shema, Taitafos is made out of two two words. The Gemara says Tat Bakaspi. Tat in one language means two, and and Pas Barfiki, which is like also another language like African, that also means two. How do we know that Taitafos is four parts of Tefillin? Because Tat and Pas Taitafos are mean two in two different languages. And therefore, two plus two equals four. Zakhtar Nachman, that's a fascinating thing. The Torah itself is telling you that the tefillin that we wear every day, which is one of the, one of the greatest things that we do every day is we're able to put on tefillin, that is four parashas in it. The way we know that it's four parashas is from two languages that are Lashanis of Akum. Zakhtar Nachman, Chazal are not just saying that it happens to be that way. The Rebbe Dafka made it that way in order to reveal to you that in everything is the Rebbe Shalom. Even in a language like Africa, even like an African language, something that's so far out and so distant from Tefillin. Tefillin is the way we're able to say Shema Yisrael Hashem Akin Hashem Echad, Shema Vahayo Kaddish Vahayo. It's revealing the Rebbe in this world. Nevertheless, Zakhtar Nachman, the place that Chazal decided to get it from, where the Rebbe made it revealed, is in two foreign languages, two languages that are not Lashon HaKadosh, in order to show this is Klal Kula Yatsaba. This is Yatsam and a Klal, Lamad al Klal Kula Yatsaba, comes out of the Klal in order to teach in the whole Klal. That everything in this world, a person has the ability to be able to find a Lakos. That's what Nachman says. We've mentioned this already. Sapur Bagayim That even the Sipure Gayim, even the stories that Gayim are saying, a person's in the supermarket and he overhears a story between two people, Sapur Bagayim. The story of Gayim is Kavayde. A person has to have the right ears to be able to listen. When a person's tuned in, a person's able to hear everything is a lesson from the Rabbanu Shalom. Everything is a way to be Megalak Fayyachimayim. It's a famous Maisa with the Rebbe with the Rebbe Abzusha. The Rebbe was one time sitting. The Rebbe Abzusha was one time sitting on the side of the road. He was exhausted. He had traveled already for two days and he was walking a lot. He didn't have a, he didn't have a, he didn't have a wagon. So the, probably at the point when they were in Gullus, when Rebbe Ramaylach and the Rebbe Abzusha were in Gullus, at one point they split. They got split at one point, which itself is a fascinating story. They were headed into Auschwitz, the city of Ashpatzin, which was the city of Auschwitz, and they. They were told they can't go in there. Fascinating story for another time. But they, anyways, they, they split at one point. And Rebbe Abzusha was traveling for, you know, for a long amount of time by foot. And he was exhausted. Mamash exhausted, sitting on the side of the road. And there was a wagon that passed by with a party, you know, some pirates or some guy sitting on top of the wagon, you know, taking a, a wagon full of, a wagon full of hay from one place to the other. A merchant traveling with his hay from one place to the other. As he was driving past the Rebbe Abzusha, the wagon, you know, hit a, the, the horse, you know, they hit a ditch in the road and the whole wagon flipped over and all the hay fell out. So there, there's, you know, guy who's sitting on top of the wagon screams at the Rebbe of Zusha, some Yid sitting on the side of the road, obviously not knowing he's the Rebbe of Zusha, says, Yid, come here and help me. He says, I can't. He says, I can't. I have no, I have no energy left. I'm sitting here. I've been walking already for two days, two and a half days. I come out, haven't eaten anything. I haven't drank anything. I don't have the energy to stand up and pick up bales of hay. So he says, you could. You just don't want to. You could. You just don't want to. The Rebbe of Zusha told us, told us, see them afterwards. He said, Again, this guy was just saying it in a, in a maybe an anti-Semitic and a nasty kind of way, telling me like, don't give me excuses that you can't do it. He said, I, I really felt like I couldn't. But the year, the, this guy was sent as a messenger to me to tell me that there's so many things in life that I say, I can't, I can't do it. And the one says, you could, you just don't want to. If you really had a real rutzen and your rutzen was strong, you could do it. You just don't want to do it enough. And you feel exhausted and you feel at the end of the road. Rebbe said, this guy came, this guy came to tell me, you could. You just have to want more. You have to have more rats and more rats and more rats and you feel exhausted and you can't go anymore. 
Rosham says he could do it a little bit more. And he said the whole Torah with the hay, that hay is the hay tata, whatever. Uh, interesting Torah, exactly how he types it up, why it had to do with hay specifically. But, but that's, again, this, this lesson that the Tamid of Al Shemtev saw, that in everything that takes place to a person throughout the day is Sapra Bagoim Kavayt. I just came back from the, from the, Reb, from the oil in, uh, in Queens, from the Rebbe's Island, Queens. So somebody's asking me that. A lot of people have a lot of fascinating stories when they walk by, there's a video playing right when you walk in, there's a screen playing right when you walk in of different, you know, for with the Rebbe's. And a lot of people have had fascinating stories happen when they walk in, they saw that what the Rebbe was talking about on this for you know, said 40 years ago was exactly what they needed to hear, what they came to talk to the Rebbe. People have fascinating stories like this. I saw Moshe Wolfson one time went in and saw himself on the video getting a dollar from the Rebbe like 30 years before. There's stories like that. A lot of people have fascinating stories like that. So I told him, it's, it's a pashtazach. It's, it's, this is what the Vashantav stood for, is that you realize that I'll just watch it. The video is talking to me. And really, if a person's tuned in, and a person's ears are unstuffed, and a person recognizes in all of life it's like that, everything's, everything's talking to you. Everything that you hear, you hear for a reason. It's a pratis. So if you're in a supermarket and you overhear a conversation, it's for a reason. If, you, if you're driving down the street and you see something, it's for a reason. Everything is there for a reason. So yeah, if you see the video, it's for a reason. So in a place that's, you know, makusha to, to the Teresa Balshamtiv, it makes more sense that it might be more visible than another place. When Nachman himself, himself writes in a later Torah, he writes that the concept of, of, of Mida Keneged Mida takes place in a greater way in Eretz Yisrael than in other places. It says the Pasuk, David HaMelech says, Ulecha Hashem HaChesed, Ki Ata Tashalem Ishkam Asayu. To you Hashem is Chesed, because you pay back man as his actions. Frechter Nachman, that's not Chesed. Ulecha Hashem HaChesed sounds like a bunch of going above and beyond. And then the Pasuk continues, because you pay man back based on what he's done. That's Mida Keneged Mida. That's, that's Mida Sadin. That's not, that's not Mida Sachesed. Ulecha Hashem HaChesed, Ki Ata Tashalem Ishkam Asayu. Zaktim Nachman, that the chesed the Rabbanishim does is when you're able to see what's taking place to you is a direct correlation to something that you've done. Ki shalem ish When Hashem pays a person back and you're able to see, oh, the reason why maybe my tooth is hurting is maybe because I wasn't speaking properly. And, we, and again, we don't know the sadness of Hashem. We're not able to see this clearly. We're never able to say that this is for sure. We can point our finger to it and say, this is the problem. But when... <coughs> When a person does get a midas adin, which comes mida keneged mida, or something good, a person gets a schar, and it comes mida keneged mida, that's a chesed from Hashem. Because now you're able to see the correlation. You're able to see how I did this, and then this came. And I did this good, and then this came. And a person is able to see, able to sort of start to see the tapestry that the Rabbanu Hashem is weaving at every moment of our life. That's a chesed of Hashem. And Rachman writes that that chesed takes place more visibly in Eretz Yisrael than in Chatz Laaretz. That's why Eretz that's chesed, you're able to see how the Rebbe is interacting with you. The biggest chesed was, was it used to be that when Yid spoke Lashon Hara, a person got saras right away. That's a chesed. That's a tremendous, tremendous chesed. Because you're able to see the result of the actions that you're doing, you're able to know what you've done wrong, and you know what you need to do to rectify it. We don't know, we, we speak Lashon Hara, you can say I do, unfortunately, sometimes. And you know, you do, you do an Avera, and there's no, there's no immediate reaction. There's no way that you're able to say, oh, what, what I do wrong? What's, what's the English? What, what's it coming because of? It used to be very, very clear. You went to the Navi, you went to the Kayan, and the Kayan said, yeah, this is coming because of this. Let's figure out how to rectify it. There, there was a certain Mila in the fact that there was something called Saras. It meant that things were visible. That it came in the house, and then it came in the clothing, and it came in the person's, person's skin. It came in a way that the Rabbanisham is saying, you're in Eretz Yisrael, and you're living in Eretz Yisrael in the proper way, there's going to be Tzaras. And it's not a bad thing. It's, again, it comes because of, because of a Chet, but it comes in a way to teach somebody what, the, you know, what, what they need to rectify. And that's, that's a Mailo. And Rachman says that in the place of Eretz Yisrael, that, that's much more visible. So again, you go to, you go to a kever of a tzaddik, it's clear that those, you know, you're going to be able to see how the video is talking to you because that's, that's a place which is connected to this world of Eretz Yisrael. And Nachman himself writes that, that he writes, Tzadikim Yershu Aretz. In the passage with Tzadikim Yershu Aretz, Nachman writes that the Kivri Tzadikim, 
writes it about the cover the Baal Shem Tev, but and if you go to the Baal Shem Tev in Mezbush, they have a big sign over there, a plaque hanging with this turf from the Kutim Ran. Rav Nachman said that Tzadikim Yerushu Aretz, that the Makam of the place where Tzadikim are buried, has a Bechin of Eretz Yisrael. That that place, Tzadikim Yerushu, Tzadikim are Yerush, the Aretz, which means Eretz Yisrael. The simple translation is that Tzadikim are Yerush, Eretz Yisrael. Rav Nachman says wherever Tzadikim are, and that means for sure when they're alive and when they're Nifter, they're Yerush, Eretz Yisrael, the place around them. And that land becomes like a piece of Eretz Yisrael. So a person goes to the Kever of a tzaddik. It could be in Muncie, it could be in Skver, it could be in, in Queens, it could be anywhere. When a person goes there, a person is already tapping into a little bit that pure ear of Eretz Yisrael. Nassim himself writes on the Kutah I just saw this week. He writes, when a person standing by the Kever tzaddikim, the ear is much clearer over there. It's Avir Nach Vizach, he writes. It's ear which is clear, which is visible, which is, a person is able to suddenly see that which they need to rectify, that which they need to work on. It's like standing in front of the Urim of the Tumim, standing in front of a Kayin, standing in front of a Navi. The things are much, much more clear over there. And therefore, can happen in places like this. And again, getting a little bit off topic, but this is this is separable. This is the goal that a person realizes Maso Matan, everything, everything is involved in the Rabban Hashem. Everything can be a way to reveal Hashem. There's no such thing as business is apart from Ruchnius. It's all Ruchnius. There's obviously a revealed Ruchnius, and there's one in which my job is to go ahead and schlep it out. But the goal of when I'm in business is not just to make a pronounce for my family, it's to make a pronounce for my family in a way that that's Avaidus Hashem. And maybe that itself becomes Avaidus Hashem. I have to make a pronounce for my family. I have to pay tuition for my kids. I have to be able to make sure that my wife has everything she needs. I have to make sure my kids, have, my family has food. I have to make sure I have a roof over my head. I make sure I can pay car payments. That can be Avaidus Hashem. Or it can be just the thing that I need to do. When a person realizes that's Avaidus Hashem, and all of it is here in order to be Magalakvaychemayim. Then a person's living up to the proper purpose of creation. Again, that's all what we said the past few weeks. That was all, you know, point number one. Point number two, and this is, this is the important point we're going to talk about for the next few weeks, is we need to realize that this concept of revealing Hashem within the world and that the fact that Maloichal Aritz Kavoide is not limited only to those things in the great area, those things that are not within the walls of the base Medrash, but are not, you know, in the walls of Avayi Dezara. Those things in the great area where our goal is then to elevate it. Even in things that are Aser, even in things that are Averis, even in things that are Tameh, over there also, there's a spark of godliness which is keeping those things alive. Now that's going to be hidden under many, 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 many more layers of Levuchim, many more layers of concealment because it's something which externally is screaming the opposite of the Rabban Hashem. A person drinks a tea. So a tea is not screaming the opposite of Hashem. It's not screaming Hashem. It's not like a safer, but it's not screaming the opposite. A person goes to a base of Aydizar, and again, that's the extreme example he gives. A person goes to a base, you know, base Zainas. So those are places which are screaming everything that's the opposite of, of Ruchnias, everything that's the opposite of Elakos. But even in those places, there has to be a Nitzitz of Elakos there in order to keep those places alive. And if it wouldn't be there, those places would cease to exist. Now, again, this really gets into a much, much larger discussion, which is a big discussion, you know, between the Chassidim and the Mesnagdim about Simtim Kapshutei, Shalai Kapshutei. It doesn't really matter right now for us. What Rav Nachman is telling us very clearly is Simtim Shalai Kapshutei, that the way the Rav Nachman constricted himself was that there are places where it looks like he's not there, but he has to be everywhere. Everywhere, And even in the places that are screaming the opposite, even in those places that are the opposite of the Rabbanu there has to be the Denitzis of Elakos over there. There is godliness over there. Otherwise, they would cease to exist. Those places, like we said, they wouldn't fall apart. They just wouldn't be in existence. Everything is only in existence because Hashem is willing it into existence at every second. And therefore, even those things that are but by Dezara, also, <coughs> have to get their chiyas from the Rabbanish level. And Memela, like we mentioned last week, the Lachatchila way to be able to reveal Hashem in those places is in a very simple way. You know, when I pass by a base of a when I pass by a base of I don't go in there. 
And all I need to do in order to reveal the godliness there is to stay away from it. That if I'm involved in sur meirah, then in that very act of sur meirah, by staying away from it, by saying, I recognize that that's bad, that's evil, and this is good. I'm able to differentiate that there's eitzadas toiv and there's eitzadas ra, that those two things are independent. I'm able to see the differences between good and evil, and good and evil don't get mixed up. That itself is the greatest biru. That's where Nachman himself writes. That when a person gets caught up in, in, in bad places, when a person gets caught up in averis, what's important that a person dafka over there learns halacha. Why? So in general, Nachman, you know, learning halacha is, is, a, is a, one, of the, you know, one, one of the things that's maybe focused on more than in the regular literature yeshivas, maybe there's more of a focus on Gemara. Chassidim in general, there's more of a focus towards halacha la'maisa. But Nachman said that part of the maila of learning halacha is that halacha allows you to make this biru. Halacha allows you to make this differentiation between good and bad. When I learn halacha, now I know, oh, this, if I do this on Shabbos, that's boiru. And if I don't do this, if I, if, I, if I do this on Shabbos, if I do it in this way, if I make sure that I do it biyad, if I make sure I do it l'alter, if I make sure I do it, you know, in the way that Chazal, Chazal described, I do, you know, without, without, without a hand, and I do it without, you know, toif from ra, if I do it in the way that Chazal described, so that's going to be a way, that's not boiru. So right away when I'm doing that, I'm obviously differentiating between boiru and not boiru, between the raisa of lamatas malachas and not the raisa, but what I'm doing at the same time is in my head, and in my neshama, I'm making separations. And I'm being able to separate between the Eitzah Das Toiv and Ra. And my whole life is really spent doing that. But when a person learns Halacha, those are moments in which a person is able to get the clarity. Asr, Mutter, Toiv, Ra. This is good, this is not good. When a person does that, a person is able to differentiate and able to say, that's something I want to stay away from. Now, by staying away from it, you've just elevated that, that nakud of chiyas that's in it. Because all it is, like I mentioned last week, is something which is trying to seduce you to fall to it. That's what. That's the point of that. That's the point of the ra. The point of the evil is to act as an assign as a challenge. That when I'm walking down the street, all of the things around me that are trying to grab my attention are there to act as challenges. As soon as I ignore them, and I just say I'm not looking right away at that moment by saying I'm not looking, and I want to be shemer my anayim. It's two weeks of shavim, and I want to be more careful about my anayim. At that moment, when I do that, I just reveal the rabbanu shalom. In Makamis Metanathos. So here you have a Bezainus that's sitting on the street. I'm walking down the street. There's a Bezainus there. There's a Bezavai there. The things that are evil and the ultimate of evil. When I walk down the street and say, I know that there's a Bezainus over there, and therefore I'm going to keep my eyes averted. I'm going to keep my eyes looking down at the street. I'm going to keep my eyes looking the other way. I'm going to make sure that I'm thinking other things. I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm not looking. I'm just going to be focused on something else. At that moment, I just revealed the covet of Hashem in the Makamis Metanathos. Because what I just did was, I just used the base of Zara. I just used the base Zainas as an opportunity to be Makadashem Shemayim. Because when I'm not looking, I'm being Makadashem Shemayim. So if I'm walking down that street, and I have to walk down that street for some reason, and I know there's something evil there, and I don't look that way, I'm now using evil as an opportunity to say, I'm not being involved in, I'm not being involved in evil. So I could either, you know, be involved in Taif, and that's obviously what I want to be involved in, but even in the Surmeira, that's also a way to be Megalak Fayyamayim. By not being involved in it, I'm being Megalak Fayyamayim. And that's the easiest and the healthiest and the most Lechatchila way to be able to reveal the godliness, the Lakus, in everything, in everything, both good and those things that are evil that also have that Nitzit Sevel Lakus hidden under much more layers. The way to do it is stay away. I'm not eating that. It's Traif. I don't want to eat it. It smells good. Like Chazal said, I can say that it smells good, it looks good, it looks appetizing, I'm hungry, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm not sure if that's a good hexer, I'm staying away from it. Right away at that moment when I do that, I'm a gala kvayt shemaim in something, which is not visibly kvayt shemaim, it's visibly the opposite of it, but I'm using it as an opportunity. I recognize that it's a challenge, it's an assign, it's there as a test, and now I'm revealing Hashem through passing the test and through saying, I'm ignoring it. That's the easiest, most lachatchil way, and that's the real way we're supposed to be involved. When it comes to things that are great areas, you know, anything that's klipas naiga, anything that's toiv, I reveal Hashem by elevating it, by utilizing it for good. And when it comes to evil, I reveal Hashem by staying away from it. However, 
Nachman goes one step further. So again, we spoke about that there's obviously a in, in things that are revealed. Torah, Tefillah, those are things that it's obvious Hashem. Then there's the great areas, which over there also, it's not as obvious. It's sitting under more layers, but our goal throughout the day, we need to be involved in this world, is to reveal it. And then there's, the, then there's recognizing that even in evil, there's a Nitzit Tzavala over there, and the way to reveal it is by staying away from it. But Rav Nachman does one, Rav Nachman does one more favor for us, which it does a tremendous amount of good for us. What happens if I did look? What happens if I did fall? What happens if I did end up in the base of Avodah And again, we're giving the most extreme example. I don't think most of us ended up worshiping Avodah any anytime in our life. But the most extreme example, let's say I did end up in the base of Avodah So I wasn't supposed to go there. And the goal of the way I was supposed to elevate a Lakus was by staying away from there. How do I now elevate? How am I now Magalak Kvayt once I fall into that place? Which means if everything has the covet of Hashem, so I understand that something evil has the covet of Hashem by staying away from it. But when I did something wrong, when I did something evil, when there's evil that is actually existing in this world, why does that exist? How is that being Magalak Fayt If the Rabban Hashem's covet is everywhere, then there has to be that even in a nefila, even in a fool, there has to be some way to be Magalak Fayt And that's the secret that Nachman gives us over here in, ter- in, the, in this Torah and Torah base. That even when a person has an afila, even when a person fell to Makaymas and Tanafas, to Bati Avaydi even when a person is in the most evil, terrible places, the worst, worst places in Ruchnias, nevertheless, you should have not gone there. And going there is a terrible thing. Once a person's fallen, once a person's in that Makim, a person shouldn't say, I've, I'm, you know, I've fallen from the place and I don't have the ability to be Magalak Fayt even over there, you could be Makalak Fayt in a very, very different way, in a whole other way. Because the answer is not to say no. Because you already said yes. So you're already fallen. So okay, you could say no from now on. But how do I Magalak Fayt What happened already? So to be Magalak Fayt obviously I have to stop. But how do I make sure that where I am, how am I Magalak Fayt And how do I get the Kayach? Where do I get the power to be able to say no after I'm already fallen so deep into, the, into this Taiva that it's already overtaken me completely? And Rav Nachman's Magalatas, there's something called the Maimur Sassim. That's what we began discussing last week. That nine of the nine of the Mamarim, Basar Mamaris Nivra Ilam, nine of the Mamarim have the word Vayamer in it. And one of the Mamarim, the first Mimer, which the Gemara says, Bereshis Nami Maimerhu, that doesn't that doesn't say the word Vayamer. That first Mimer, the Gemara says that this Asar Mamaris Nivra Ilam, the first one is the Mimer of Bereshis Barli Kim. In that place it doesn't say the word it doesn't say the word Vayamer. It doesn't say Vayamer, Bereshis Vayamer Likim, Shmaim Ba'aretz, Bereshis Barli Kim, Eshmaim Basaretz. Nevertheless, the Gemara in the Medrash tells us, Bereshis Nami Maimerhu. And Amrachman is Megalatos, that Bereshis is something called a Maimer Sasim, which means there is a place where the Rabbanisham's glory is revealed through him speaking. Those are the nine lower Mamaras. Those are the next nine Mamaras after Bereshis. The Rabbanisham said, He said there should be light. When the Rabbanisham did that, he now revealed light. Light is an opportunity to be Megalak Fayt There are nine ways that the Rabbanisham revealed himself through creation, nine Mamaras, and nine ways Hashem revealed himself in a way that's called a mimer, in a way that's a mimer, that's a mimer, that's a real mimer, that's called a mimer pasuach, that's a mimer that's open, and a mimer where I'm able to see the correlation between Hashem speaking and the creation of what there is. But then there's something called beratius, which is a mimer sasim. Beratius is the secret of something which is totally hidden. It's there, the Rabbanisham, the Rabbanisham created it, beratius nami mimer, but there's no word vayoymer. And therefore it's hidden in a way that it's called mimer sasim, but at the same time, it also comes from the Rabbanu Shalom. So it's not, Vayoymer means that there's something which is spoken out. Anytime you're speaking something out, that means that automatically it's on a lower level because I'm speaking it out and it's being revealed through the, through the medium of speech. Speech means that it's being revealed to somebody else. So if the Rabbanu Shalom wants to be Megala, his covet to the world, he spoke out nine times, ten, nine times, he said the word Vayoymer. The first time he didn't say the word Vayoymer, not because it was on a lower level, but on the contrary. Beratius Nami Maimaru, Beratius is a Maimar Sosam that includes everything else in creation. And therefore the place 
that the that the that the Zara and the Makaimis Matanafis, the place that the lowest, lowest things in the world they get their chiyas from, is not from the nine Mamarim. Because they can't get their chiyas from the nine Mamarim. Because like we said, the Pasik says, Hashem doesn't give his covet in a way to things that are the opposite of his covet. The opposite of his his covet. So weird is the things that are evil. Weird they get their Chiyas from where's their nitzitzavalakus from that place which is called Bereshis from the highest highest thing that place which is called Bereshis nami maimru it's that place which is a maimer sasim it's maimer sasim it's it's hidden and it's not revealed and there's no word vayemer you're not able to see how in the world is megalak vayshemayim it's able to reveal its chiyas from that place Nachman says in Turin and Vav he writes that's the secret of why in Mitzrayim the Rizal tells us that Mitzrayim is called the called the Gullus, the Gullus of the Debar. The Zerikadosh talks about that. The Rizal talks about it that it was the Gullus of the Debar. We find this by Moshe Rabbeinu and Moshe Rabbeinu came to Hashem and our parsha the Rambam reveals himself to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu says I'm Kvad Peh. I can't talk properly. I don't have the ability to speak. I'm Kvad Peh, Kvad Lashen. I don't have the ability to speak properly and therefore I'm not the proper leader. The Rambam says nevertheless you have to go anyways. The Rambam sends him. You know, sends him as the, as the leader with Aaron Akain being the one who's going to be the translator when he comes to Pari. But the Swarmar explained to us, the Rizal, the Zer, they explained to us that it wasn't just that Moshe Rabbeinu had, you know, he had a stutter, that there's something wrong with his lips and he couldn't talk properly. Everything that was taking place in Mitzrayim was called the Golas of Dibur. With the Dibur was in Golas, the ability to speak was in Golas. And that's why you find that when, when Klal Yisrael left Mitzrayim, they don't leave Mitzrayim with tefillah. They left Mitzrayim with one thing. But Yitzhaku B'nai Yisrael, they scream. Scream means that you can't speak. Scream means that when I'm stuck in such a terrible place, I can't even speak anymore. The only thing I can do is I can scream. When a person's stuck and, and a person's afraid for their life, they don't scream words. They just scream. It's just a loud, blood-curling scream. They just scream. Klai Yisrael ve'itzaku b'nei Yisrael. Klai Yisrael is stuck in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is that place of the Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim means that we're constricted. We're stuck in that place. In that place, the only thing we're capable of doing to get out of Mitzrayim was to scream. Because Mitzrayim, is that place where Nachman says it's the Maimer Sassim. There's the regular place, which the regular things we go through, that's the Maimer Pesuach. That's where things are able to see, okay, this is, it's a challenge, it's a difficulty, but I'm able to see Kavad of Hashem. Mitzrayim was on such a low level spiritually that the only way Mitzrayim got its chiyas was from that place called the Maimer Sassim, from the highest, highest place. Nachman writes, that's the secret. You're going to be based on the Gemara, that's the secret of a Mem Pesuach and a Mem Sassim. There's a mem, which is open, the regular mem that we have in the middle of a letter. And there's a mem, which is sasem, which is at the end of a letter, full boxed in. And there's no, there's no, there's no breaks in, there's no gaps, there's no openings. That, he says, is called a maimer sasem. There's a maimer pasuach and a maimer sasem. Now, the word mitzrayim has in it both. It begins with a maimer pasuach. It begins with an open mem. But then the end of the word mitzrayim is a maimer sasem. The end of the word mitzrayim, the safe of mitzrayim is a maimer sasem. Because mitzrayim is a place with such a deep tumah that you can't see the Rabbanshim clearly over there. Like Pari said, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes to him, he says, Mi Hashem, Mi Avaya. I don't know who Hashem is. What do you mean you don't know who Hashem is? Pari said, but I don't see him. Of course you don't see him, because this is the place of Tumah. This is the place of Ervas Aretz. This is the place that it's so sunken deep into immorality that it can't get its chiyas from something which is revealed godliness. Because it can't. Because in that place of revealed covet of Hashem, it can't get, it can't get its covet. Because it's so far sunk into immorality that it needs to get its covet from something which is called a Maimur Sassim. From something which is hidden and something which can't be revealed and is not visibly. I'm not able to see. I'm not able to draw the line in between the Rabbanisham and Mitzrayim because it's hidden. And therefore the whole thing that took place in, in, in Golas Mitzrayim was the Golas, was in, the Deber was in Golas. Speech was in Golas because what takes place over there, it's not nine Mamarim. The other Golas that we went through weren't as terrible. We went through a lot of other Golas and they weren't as terrible. They were nine Mamarim. Because again, we're able to see, yeah, Rin Bavel, Rin Yavan, they're terrible, but we're able to see some aspect of, of, of Ruchnis of Elokos over there. Mitzrayim, which is the Roish, which is the head of all the, all the Golasin, that's the place of Maimur Sassim. It was so, it was Kvad Peh. 
Like Moshe Rabbeinu says, it's kvat peva, kvat lashem. We can't even speak. It's so far removed from a lakos, from godliness, that it, it, you can't see the Rabban Hashem over there. Mi Hashem, like Pari says, we can't find Hashem over here. And that's why the only way we got it was by Yitzchakul. And that's going to be the secret of what we're going to see in Ayah, you know, continuing with the story, that that's the way we get out of Mitzrayim. It's only in the, the only way with screaming Ayah, because in that place, it's not going to help with trying to find Hashem there. You're not going to be able to find Hashem there in the typical way that you find Hashem everywhere else, because the Rabban Hashem is hiding under many, 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 many layers, because it's a place which externally is the opposite of, of Ruchni, it's the opposite of a lakos. And the only way you can find it is in this secret that Rabbi is going to give us of Ayah. And that's why, we have mentioned this last week, I don't remember, but that's why when it came to Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, the, the Haggadah, we say, we say the Haggadah, we say that the only one that was capable of taking us out of Mitzrayim was the Rabbanisha Why? Because if any Malach would have went down into that place, if any Sir, if any one of the Chais, if any one of the greatest Malachim would have went down into the place of Mitzrayim, they would have gotten swallowed up by the immorality of Mitzrayim, by the impurity of Mitzrayim. Only the Rabbanishim, only the highest, highest, highest thing is able to go to the lowest place and not get affected. And therefore it has to be, this is the secret that Rabbanishim reveals to us, it has to be that in the lowest places in the world is hiding there, underneath many, many layers of concealment, the highest sparks of Elokos, the highest sparks of godliness. Now they're hiding in those places because if it would have a regular regular one of the nine Bamaran, if it have a regular covet of Hashem, the covet of Hashem would get wiped out over there. The only way that the, that the covet of Hashem can still exist in a place that's so tummy, that's so, so sunken into immorality, is only when the covet of Hashem is Maimar Sassim, is the highest, highest level of covet that's sitting over there. Now again, we have to reiterate this. We spoke about this the past few weeks. That does not mean, and this is what Nachman comes to say at the beginning of the story, it does not mean that, okay, so let me go down to those places, the place of immorality, and try to find the greatest, greatest sparks of Kedush over there. Right? That's Shab Tzvi, like we spoke about. That, that was his mistake, that he said, let me go to the places of Tumah, and I'm going to reveal Hashem over there. That's not, the, that's not the goal. But when you fall to a place, and you fall to a place and say, where's the covet of Hashem? I'm in a place where the covet of Hashem is not revealed over here. Zakti of Nachman, you're right. It's not revealed over there, but don't think that the covet of Hashem is not there. The Banshem is even, even in that place, even in the place that you're in, even the lowest place in the world, the Banshem is there also. However, it's Maimar Sassim. However, it's the Mem Stuma. It's hidden, it's, it's closed up, and not able to see it clearly, but don't stop believing for a second that the Banshem is even in those places. Now, when you believe that, that's what Nachman's going to reveal to us. Maybe we'll get to it. We'll continue it inside next week. But that's what Nachman's going to reveal to us is the secret of Ayi. That when a person believes 100% that wherever I find myself in this world, not just physically, wherever I find myself spiritually in this world, the Rabbanisham has to be there. That I remind myself again and again and again that the Rabbanisham is everywhere that I'm able to reveal that even where I am, even in that Matziv, the Rabbanisham is right there. And when I know that and I scream out the word Ayi, that's going to be the, the, the key word, the golden word that's going to get us out of the craziest places that we're in. When I scream out the word Aye, which means where are you? I am a Kaim Kavaydeh, right? We say this every day in Kedusha. Kadosh, 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 Meloi Chala Eretz And then the response to that is I am a Kaim Kavaydeh. What do you mean I am a Kaim Kavaydeh? just told you Meloi Chala Eretz Yeah, but Meloi Chala Eretz in places that I can see him. I am a Kaim Kavaydeh in places that I can't find him. In places that are so immoral, so impure, so against everything of Kavad of Hashem, I am a Kaim Kavaydeh. Zakhtar Nachman, all you need to do is ask yourself that question and ask the Rabbanisham the question. Rabbanisham, where are you? I know you're here because if I'm asking the question, that means that I believe you're here. Right? There are many, many tzaddikim used to say that when people say, where was Hashem, you know, where was God in the Holocaust? How did God, that if you're questioning that, that means that you obviously believe in the premise that the Rabbanisham exists 
The Rav Hashem runs everything in this world, and the Rav Hashem is toif. The Rav Hashem is only good. So you already believe in 90%. So you, you, have, a, you have a question. How could the Rav Hashem, but you already believe in that the Rav Hashem exists, the Rav Hashem runs everything in this world, and the Rav Hashem is toif. Because if you didn't believe Hashem exists, then it's not a question. If you didn't believe the Rav Hashem runs everything in the world, it's not a question. And if you didn't believe the Rav Hashem is good, if you believe the Rav Hashem does evil things, it's also not a question. The question's already built on all these premises. And when a person's stuck in the place of immorality and screams out, Aye, Rav Hashem, where are you? I know that you have to be here. That's already the, that's sort of the secret to get out of the place. Because right when you do that, you're revealing the deepest, deepest, deepest needs of godliness, the place of gracious Nami Maimru, something that was hidden under so many layers that nobody was able to reveal up until you came. And that's why as is you read this Adairis, as is lowering and the generations are getting lower and lower and lower, at the same time, we're able to reveal deeper secrets that weren't able to reveal in previous generations. Because yes, we're sinking lower into morality and the world around us is sinking, but you know what we're doing? We're not, we're not stopping to ask, I am a Kaim Kavaydeh. And we look around and there was a, someone told me there's a massive protest by JFK today of, of people protesting for Gaza. And we say, I am a Kaim Kavaydeh. How is it possible that in New York, I was driving by JFK today, and in New York, this, this I don't know, I don't know, thousands, I don't know, I don't know how many people it was, probably thousands of people are protesting for, for terrorists. I am a Kaim Kavaydeh. So Dr. Menachem asked that question again and again and again, because the question means that you believe that in that makim, the Rabbanu is there also. And when you believe that, that the Rabbanu is everywhere, then you can reveal the Rabbanu in the worst, worst, worst of places. I just heard, I was just by Rabbi Weinberger today, and Rabbi Weinberger, so he said over, he said a fascinating story. He said that he met a yid last week. I'm assuming he lets me say the story publicly. Again, it's not about him, it's about somebody that he met. But he said it over publicly to a group over there. But he met, he met a yid last week that was a student of his. He was in Makar many years ago in, in Queens. He was a student of his many, many years ago. And he said the last conversation that he ever remembers having with a student was on, on a bench in Kew Gardens. We were trying to convince the student not to marry a guy. The student was on the, on the verge of marrying Shiksa, and he was sitting, sitting with him, he said, till two, three in the morning, trying to convince him not to marry Shiksa. And after that, he said he lost all contact with, with him, and he never really kept up with him. He said he met him last week, as he gets from, he's from kids, Mark Hashem, he's Shemr Torah Mitzvahs, and he's great. So Weinberger said, like, he gave him a big hug, and he was crying, you know, that, like, Student, he lost touch with him 20 years ago. That's Baruch Hashem from. And so he said, like, what, what, you know, how do you end up here? Like, last time I saw you on the bench and you were not, you were not listening to anything I, I was trying to tell you and you were on the verge of Mangashek's son. Somehow you end up, you're from, you married from girl, you're from children. Like, what, what happened? So he said, he said, there was one thing that you said to me that night that really stuck with me. So he said, oh, I said a lot of things to you that night. I spent hours with you. So he said, you told me, his boy's name is Yosef. He said, you told me that wherever I am in this world, whatever I end up in, whatever I'm involved in, I should always tell myself a few times a day, Ani Yosef, Ani Yosef, I'm Yosef. I'm Yosef a tzaddik, I'm Yosef a Mitzrayim, I am Yosef. And he said, just remind yourself again and again and again throughout the day, a few times a day, Ani Yosef. This guy said, he said he was in the worst, worst of places. He said he was one, one time involved. He was about to commit a terrible, terrible aver of Arias with a girl. And he said he was standing there. And as he was, as he was you know, getting ready, as he was in the, you know, involved in Achanas, he said he just, he said he screamed out. Mamash like the scream of Ayim Akim Kavaydeh. He said he screamed out the words, Ani Yosef, Ani Yosef. He said the girl thought he was crazy, but he said if Ayana Sechutzi, he picked himself up and he ran out of the room and he never went back to that place. And he said eventually, telling myself over and over and over again, Ani Yosef, he said I eventually came back on, came Shemr Torah Mitzvahs, matter from girl, and he has from children. That's the secret of Ayim Akim Kavaydeh. When a person finds himself in that makim, not to say, okay, I'm done, but if you can say, I am Yosef, which means the same way Yosef Atzadik, <coughs> was in the dungeon, was with Aishas by Tiflar, was in the worst, worst place. And Yosef Atzadik said, I am Yosef. He saw that the Rabban Shalom is here. He saw, that, he saw that his father Yaakov Avinu is here. I could be in Mitzrayim and in, in Erva Sa'aretz in the worst places. 
And Yosef Atzadik said, Ani Yosef, I'm still the same Yosef Atzadik. Like the Medrash says, he told Eish Petivar, my stones are going to be in the Choshen. I can't be involved in these kind of things. Because even wherever I am, however deep and however far I find myself, from the house of Yaakov Avinu, from the Shvatim, wherever, however sunk into the world of Mitzrayim I find myself, Ani Yosef. I'm Yosef and I have a chilek alaykaim imal inside of me and the place I'm in has a chilek alaykaim imal, has a nitzitz of alakus over there and my goal is to scream at I am a kaim kavayda. And again, we have, to, we have to see more inside. I spoke a lot, we didn't get to see a lot what Rachman says, but this is just again, trying to, trying to give us a little bit of the picture of what he's going to tell us next week that this is the secret of I am a kaim kavayda. That wherever a person is, just say the word I, three letters, those three letters are the golden key to get a person out of any matzav that I'm in. Because the only reason why I'm in that matzav is because I'm stuck in a fog. I'm stuck in a thick haze. I'm in a deep forest and I don't know how to get out. As soon as I scream, Aye, that's the lightning bolt. That's the lightning moment. That's the moment where the lightning shines and suddenly I say, wait, there's a Rabbanisham here. Because if I'm asking where he is, that means I believe he's even over here. And if there's a Rabbanisham here, then I can attach myself to him even where I am. Even on the low level, the 49th level that I'm on, I can attach myself. The Rechaim writes at the 49th level of Tumah, was a level that Klai Yisrael got to right before they left Mitzrayim. And we know that Yachel, this Mameh, they couldn't wait another second. Like the reason says one more second would have got sunk. The Rechaim says that after Matan Torah, it's possible to fall even to the 50th level. That because we have Torah, we're even able to fall. So Ayir can find himself mamash on the 50th level of Tumah. The worst, worst places. But if Ayir says, I am a Kaim Kavaydeh, less us save the Kalaman. The Barnisham is Malaychala Arts Kavaydeh. Even over here, wherever I am, the Barnisham has to be here automatically. That's the golden secret, the golden ticket to be able to say, Because if Hashem is here, and I can be Megala, the covet of Hashem over here, even in the massive that I fell into, Bidigevet, I fell here, I can still reveal Hashem, and that's the way to get out of it. Again, we'll continue next week inside to see a little about the secret of Ayam Akim Kavaydai, the secret of how to be able to reveal it in every moment of our life.